What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero, and with me, as always, welcome back. We missed you, Michelle Maju. Hey, it feels so good. This is the first podcast I'm doing out of our new home in Houston. Nice. Uh, so congrats on being the first one. We tried to record the Ball Blast podcast last night. It did not work out due to technical difficulties. So let's hope this one, uh, we do it. <laughs> we can get through it because, you know, on my end, I I just have issues with technology. <laughs> we are christening the new place you moved from the Pittsburgh area to now in Houston. Um I have so many questions about this. First of all, what was the toughest part? Because you drove, right? Yes, we drove. The toughest part was having four animals in one car because we oh do my have god, two, we have two dogs and two cats, so they were all just hanging out in one SUV. We have a jeep, and then I'd say the hardest part with all of that is stopping at a hotel and trying to get them all in there, especially without like the hotel seeing four animals go into one hotel room. <laughs> oh. So we we're kind of trying to be sneaky there. We we got through it. We stopped twice. It was a long travel. It was just a long adventure. Yeah, that that sounds crazy. Um, and then so the first thing you do, obviously, when you move into the new place is you start to unpack, but you obviously unpack like the most critical mission, critical stuff first. So what I see, obviously, you have your podcasting equipment unpacked. What else made the cut? It was so hard to unpack and like get everything set up because my parents stayed here until yesterday. So my mm. parents were still here. So they're hanging out and we only have two spare bedrooms. So those are our offices. So my parents were staying in one. So that was really hard. Um, I'd say like the the alcohol got unpacked. Yeah. Fast. <laughs> well so done. We got, yeah, we got into the White Claws pretty fast because that uh, that journey all the way to Houston was not a fun one. Very stressful. Yeah, I can imagine. Good job by you. All right, so we're going to do a few things on the show. We're going to talk about the quarterback situation because I haven't talked to you, Michelle, since Trey Lance made his preseason debut. Just sort of like a weird thing. So we haven't even talked about that yet. We're probably going to fight, which is fantastic. (laughs) And then we're going to get into some other 49er news of the day, what they might do against the Raiders. And we got to do our nuke block as well. So a lot to accomplish today. But You are outside the 49ers bubble. You are, I feel like, the least biased person of the Niners Nation podcasters because you are not a 49ers fan. So speaking as someone who is totally objective, you've seen the quarterbacks play, what do you think? All right. I want to put a disclaimer out there because I don't want 49ers fans to get mad at me, and I'm not not against Trey Lance. I'm not saying that he's not going to have a fantastic career. I'm not saying that he can't even be good this year. I understand it was his second NFL game, right? Just this last week was the second NFL game, and it's only his third game in the last two years. It's expected that he's going to be raw. But I think that's exactly what he is right now. He is raw. Does he make a, a few really nice plays that you're like, yes, that's that's the dude. This is where you can see that he can be special 100%. But does he make a lot of plays that get you pretty scared? Also 100%. So <laughs> after after watching him in these two preseason games, I do think that Jimmy Garoppolo should be the starter to start the season, at least. Because it's not like the 49ers have this rough roster and you know that they're not going to make the playoffs anyway, so you might as well get Trey Lance time they have a really solid roster and they have a chance to go deep into the playoffs. And I just don't know if Trey Lance is your best bet to get there. I do think Jimmy Garoppolo gives you the best chance to win games and to get to the playoffs. And you're paying so many players too much money 
to start losing games with Trey Lance right now, it's so much easier to start the season with Jimmy Garoppolo. If he stinks, go to Trey Lance. It's not easy to start with Trey Lance. And if he stinks, take him out for Jimmy Garoppolo. The media will eat him alive. Fans will eat him alive. And it'll be this whole story and it could ruin his career. Like that's too risky to start with Lance and then go to go to Garoppolo if you have to. Okay, so there's two parts to your argument. There's the Lance's raw part and the other part you just mentioned about the transition between the two quarterbacks. Let me start with the first part. I agree with you that Lance is rough around the edges, 100%. My question to you would be, how do you expect him to go from rough around the edges to polished if he's not playing? It's going to be hard, and he's going to have to get some reps in practice, which that's also hard to do when you're trying to plan for a game within one week. Like, you can't really give the backup too many snaps. Exactly. But you have to hope Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, enough of a vet at this point to be able to get Trey Lance more involved in practice. It, it's going to be a hard task, but this is what you guys decided to do when you traded up for someone that's raw when you have a team that's ready to win right now. I I just don't... I understand that it's hard and that Trey Lance hasn't started for a whole year and hasn't played since 2019. So he needs these snaps. But at the same time, are you really, really willing to just risk losses uh, to get Trey Lance those snaps? I think it would be better for him to sit for a little bit and then come in and then be the star that he can be either later this season or next season. But he's going to struggle at times, regardless of when he starts, because like you said, he's inexperienced. So he's going to have those struggles. That's inevitable. Why not let him have those struggles early in the year so that by the time we get to the end of the season, December, January, when the games are super meaningful, he's not this raw player who doesn't have experience. He has, you know, a whole season's worth of experience at that point if you play him early. But what if the locker room starts to get angry? They know they could win more games with Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's just say that's their let's say the first few weeks, you know, Trey Lance struggles, they start losing some games, the locker room gets upset, uh, fans get upset, they want to start going to Jimmy Garoppolo. Like that's going to that could eat a young quarterback alive, right? That could ruin his mental psyche. And then what if that we've seen it happen before where careers can get ruined if they come out and they start making too many mistakes. And I just think benching him, if he doesn't do well, would be the worst thing for his career. Like how much less, there's so much less pressure on him if you start with Garoppolo and he doesn't do as well. And then you put in Trey Lance. Then it's like, okay, we already saw what Garoppolo could do. It's not much. So there is no pressure on Trey Lance to be great. If you start him right off the bat, he there's so much pressure on that man's shoulders. Okay, so that's the second part of your argument, right? What if Lance comes in and struggles? Which is a legitimate question. My response to that would be, what if Lance comes in and is great? Or at least was just as good as Jimmy Garoppolo was. See, that's the thing. It's not like you're replacing, you know, Peyton Manning here with Trey Lance. You're replacing Jimmy Garoppolo, who makes a lot of the same mistakes that Trey Lance does. Inaccurate throws, not seeing defenders leading to turnovers, possible fumbles. Jimmy has had fumbling issues. Like, you're not replacing an all-pro quarterback here. You're replacing a guy that you thought was bad enough that you should give up three first-round picks to go get a new quarterback. Well, okay, so let's talk about Trey Lance's performance then, because it's not just about, you know, being scared that he's not going to do well 
just just for the fact that he's a rookie. I'm also scared for the for because of his performance so far of what I've seen in the preseason. So I'm doing exactly what I do, you know, before the draft when I watch players. So I, I'm watching the game. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm going in with no bias. I just want to see how he performs. And then from there, I go look at the stats and I'm like, okay, do the stats match what I saw in film, what I saw with my eyes. If it matches, cool. That's like, okay, then I did a good job watching with my own eyes without being biased, right? If the stats don't match and I say, okay, what did I miss? And I go back. Well, I watched the game and like I said, I saw some good plays, but I saw a lot of bad plays. He can't be, he's throwing the ball so hard (laughs) five yards away. Like he got to get some touch on it. And I understand some of his, you know, some of his playmakers are dropping the ball, but you got to put a little bit more touch on it. He's not, doesn't have the best ball placement throughout these two games so far. And then I go look at the stats and that's exactly what it's saying. Like his passing grade from PFF is, is real rough. 46.3. No, it's just a passing grade for PFF. It doesn't matter a whole lot, but that is 11th out of the 12 rookie quarterbacks that have played so far this preseason only better than Filippo Franks uh, from Ooh. Atlanta. Not great. <laughs> he, uh, According to PFF, he has five turnover-worthy plays, which is the most by any quarterback so far this preseason. None of the other rookies have more than two, um, and only three quarterbacks have more than three turnover-worthy plays this preseason. It's Lance with the most at five, Alex McGow, Seattle Seahawks backup quarterback, and then Tim Boyle, Detroit Lions backup quarterback. He, he struggled 47.9 completion percentage. That's nearly 17, uh, that's 17% lower, uh, than expected according to next gen stats. That's, that's not good. And, you know, there's been nine punts on his 14 drives, one interception. They've scored four times. It, it hasn't been pretty. That's all I'll say about Trey Lance. Has he had a few pretty plays? A hundred percent. But the inconsistency has just been scary on my end. So a few things. Uh, I agree the passing accuracy can improve. He's also had seven drops, which if you factor in the seven drops, his completion percentage would look a lot better. But I agree he's partially to blame for some of those drops because of his passing. I think what's happening, and I want to give credit, I think this was... I can't remember who. I think it was John Chapman who did a film breakdown that I saw, and I thought he explained it really well. Basically, Lance isn't totally trusting what he's seeing out there. So what happens is, and you could see this a lot in the Charger game, he double clutches. He waits an extra beat because he doesn't quite trust it. And so then when he waits that extra beat, in his mind it's like, "Uh uh-oh, now I'm late, right? Now I'm late with this ball. So I really have to hum it in there to make up for the fact that I'm late and so that's why he's throwing it 100 miles an hour because he he feels like he needs to to get it in there. And so it's coming out super hot. It might not be super accurate because he's throwing it so hard and guys are missing it. Whereas if he realizes like, yeah, I might be late, but since I have a rocket arm, I don't have to throw it that. I can throw it 92 instead of 104 and it'll still get in there. So what I'm saying basically is the more he gets in there and plays and can trust what he sees – the touch and that issue, I think, will clear itself up. Does that make sense? It does. And he definitely needs more snaps, right? He needs more practice. He will get better as it goes. And he has to learn. He doesn't have to whip it to every single player. Like, we get you have a strong arm, but you got to use it when you need it and not use it other times. You need touch. Now, that one uh, deep play the Trent Sherwood just in the Chargers game. Surefield. Perfect touch. What did I say? You said Sherwood. Oh, Sherwood. Okay, sorry. My bad. Sherfield. Um 
perfect touch. It was. Yep. Th- like there have been plays where you've seen the great passing and and how he can be special. I thought that second touchdown uh, to Travis Benjamin, perfect ball placement, amazing. But the touchdown before that, you know, it should have. Brandon Ayuk should have had a chance to score there. I don't know if he would have got in. There was two defenders, but he should have had a chance to score. And the ball was just not placed correctly. It was behind him. Uh, and the, the play was only like a 10-yard pass. Like, this is where he needs to be more accurate. But then they ended up scoring on the next play anyways. It worked out. I just truly believe if the 49ers want their best chance to go far this season it's with Jimmy Garoppolo it's not even just Trey Lance like rookie quarterbacks just don't win very often uh, they struggle right so you're going are you willing to lose games be, to get Trey Lance more opportunity or do you want to win now with a lot of vets that are getting paid a lot of money so I don't think that they're going to lose games because I think that Trey Lance can do everything that Jimmy Garoppolo has done. How many times have we seen Jimmy Garoppolo throw a ball to somebody that gets completed, but like you were saying with the Ayuk play, he doesn't throw it in the right spot, and so you're leaving a big play on the field, a potential touchdown or yards after catch. Jimmy Garoppolo does the same thing, and he doesn't provide you those big wow plays that Trey Lance does, plus the running ability, which I don't Did you see that two-point conversion that got called back where Shai ran it in? It was yes. beautiful. I almost wept. I was so happy. <laughs> no, Lance's rushing ability is definitely a whole different weapon, and that's his best asset right now. You just can't have a guy out there, though, that can't put a, a touch on a 10-yard pass. Like He has to learn that before he can be a starter. It, there's no reason that he is, like I keep saying, it, whipping those balls. Like That's something that you would think – should be fixed pretty quickly, but he has to fix that before he's a starter in the NFL. And that's something they should be working on in practice every day. That shouldn't be something that's that hard to fix, uh, but I need to see that before he he gets a start. To me, the only way that does get fixed is if he's getting all the reps in practice and if he's getting time to play in the actual games. That's why I like this whole two-quarterback system that the 49ers are talking about doing, I think that is the worst thing they could do. And I have said, I would rather see Jimmy Garoppolo just be the starter than for them to try and run this weird system. Like Kyle Shanahan has said, like, he's even considering, like, alternating quarterbacks on different series. Like, how does that help anything? That is hideously bad. And I just think that, that you know, Kyle is usually the smartest guy in the room. But that doesn't mean he's always right. And I think that this is just a massive mistake if they do that. You either go with this guy. You can't be a little bit pregnant, Michelle. You got to just go with this guy. You bought the new car in the offseason. You gave up all those picks. You decided that what you had just wasn't good enough. They were interested in every single quarterback that was available. Aaron Rodgers. The day of the draft, they called about Aaron Rodgers. There were rumors they looked into Dak Prescott. They were going hard after Matthew Stafford. There was a friggin' Sam Darnold rumor in the 49ers. Like every single quarterback that was available, they were in on. So they have said that Jimmy Garoppolo is not good enough. Why then, when you finally get that new quarterback, you get that new car, are you going to keep it in the garage? That doesn't make any sense to me. It, it doesn't. And I think if Trey Lance came out in the preseason and and was more consistent, he would have won the job. Like I do think Kyle Shanahan wanted Trey Lance to win this job, even though he was saying, you know, this offseason, most of the time he was saying Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter, but I still think he wanted Trey Lance to just take over that job. 
nine punts, one interception. Another one should have been an interception. Like that should have been 11 drives out of 14 that you, you just got no points out of that. You got to do better than that. When you're looking at the other rookie quarterbacks, they did do much better than that. Trevor Lawrence, not so much. He's been struggling as well, <laughs> but you, you gotta, he's, I think Trevor Lawrence is on the worst team of all of these. Lance was playing against backups and they even allowed Ayuk and Sanu um, to stay in the game. I, I didn't really see Debo with him much. Um, I don't know if he was still playing in there, but so he was still getting the pass to his starters and he didn't do much at all until the second half uh, against the Chargers there where they really took out everybody. So we haven't, we haven't got to see Trey Lance yet against the ones on anyone's team. I don't think he's ready. And I don't want 49ers fans to come at me because I, I think he's extremely talented. I just don't think he's ready. And I don't want to ruin his career by putting him in too fast. And I totally get what you're saying. Like, how does he become ready then if you don't play him? And I don't know the answer. I'm not a coach, right? Like, they have to figure that out on their end. I just know right now he's not ready. Now, what's fantastic is week one is against the Lions, right? So if they right. didn't play him, he should be good. And exactly. But the best case scenario then is Jimmy Garoppolo goes up, starts week one, kills the Lions, right? And so then in the second half, you can get Trey Lance some snaps. So oh, that would be fantastic. God. But I know that's that's far-fetched, but I just don't I don't think he's ready. Even if he's not ready, the only way to get him ready is to play. And you've got NFL training wheels the first two weeks of the season. You got the Lions and the Eagles. That is a pillowy soft landing for Trey Lance to get his feet wet in the NFL. It's it's crazy to me. He's not replaced, even if it was Alex Smith that the 49ers had. I could see your argument because Alex Smith at least takes care of the ball, right? He's going to do what Kyle Shanahan wants. He would distribute the ball to whoever it needs to go to, and he wouldn't cause turnovers, and he would let the defense and the running game steer the team to victory. But that's not who Jimmy Garoppolo is. He turns the ball over. How many drives have we seen where he goes all the way down the field, they get to the red zone, and he throws a stupid interception? We just saw it against the Chargers. 16-play <laughs> drive. What happens? Jimmy's got a wide-open guy coming towards the hash in the middle of the field, clean pocket, and he throws it six feet over his head. The guy has to jump up, it's tipped, and it gets picked. Like that's, I've seen that movie before. Haven't we suffered enough, Michelle? So, Come on. So I know you're very much against the two quarterback idea, which if you're thinking of every other drive, then yes, that's extremely silly. Quarterbacks need with rhythm to yes. succeed. Like that's silly. But what if then Trey Lance is the red zone guy where once it gets closer, like it, it's much harder, harder to operate. Jimmy Garoppolo struggles in that area. Why don't you bring in Trey Lance? Because defense have to then cover his rushing ability, which he would score a ton of rushing touchdowns, like use his legs. And then he can pretend to run and pull back and, you know, do a little quick little toss to George Kittle or, or whatever. We saw Trey Lance. He looked pretty good in the red zone during the preseason. That's one area where he's really succeeding. So I, I wouldn't mind that. Keep Jimmy Garoppolo in for in between the 20s put in Trey Lance towards the goal line, and you should score more often. What you're saying about Lance in the red zone makes sense, but here's my problem with that. The logic of that doesn't make sense. The red zone's the most important part of the field, right? Because it determines where you score your points. So you're going to say, okay, we trust Trey Lance to handle the most important part of the field, but he can't handle the rest of the game, the less important part of the field we don't trust him to handle. Like, that doesn't make sense to me either. To me, there is no logical explanation 
that Trey Lance shouldn't be the starter. Steve Young was saying, if it's close at all, which I feel like you can argue this preseason, it is close, then you should start the rookie. I feel like the only one that doesn't get it is Kyle. It's blowing my mind. Well, if Lance can't move the ball in between the 20s and Jimmy Garoppolo is able to, we'll see if he is. He has been in the past. Then that's what makes sense to me because we've seen they're punting way too often with Trey Lance. They're not moving the ball consistently. So you get the ball down there with Jimmy Garoppolo and then you use your weapon in Trey Lance towards the goal line. That's how you get some reps. And I do. I like that better. Maybe not put him in right at the 20 because like you said, like that would be silly. But once you get to the goal line, you might as well use Trey Lance. He would be way harder to guard and for defenses to figure out once you get down there. So I like Jimmy Garoppolo is not a quarterback I'd want at all in fantasy, even if he is the starter, because I do believe the best way to score is to get Trey Lance in there, use his legs. Um, and he has a good enough arm to get into the end zone. We, we saw that. It's just remember when I said Trey Lance's biggest issue is, you know, tight window throws. You just don't see him him do it often, and I wanted to see him do that this preseason, and you haven't like at all. He's not completing those. Only 7.1% of his passing attempts has been a tight window throw. That's just so much less than the other guys. I, I need to see it. I need to see some tight window throws, and if he's capable enough of putting the ball into the right spot. There's so many areas that I just don't think he's ready yet. He needs more practice. It's going to be hard to get him more practice in the season, but – Maybe then you hold him out all year if Jimmy Garoppolo oh can stay God. healthy. So and then, then he, <laughs> he gets the practice next preseason. So then you want to bring him in when he's played one regular season game at, at North Dakota State in two years? Like, that's the it. plan? I know. There's not a lot of good options here. Uh, may, like, I, I'm fine with just throwing Trey Lance in. I, I do think he would get better as the season went on. I just don't want them to lose games while he gets better. That's all. The other thing is... And we haven't seen this like right now we've seen Lance and he's been dependent solely on his arm to essentially drive them down the field. We haven't seen any of the design runs for him or the option plays. We haven't seen any of that stuff from him. So what I'm saying is, yes, maybe he early on is having trouble with those tight window throws and stuff, but he may be, may be able to rely on his legs to help him move the ball down the field. So he doesn't always have to do that to get the ball down the field. That's something that we haven't even seen in games because Kyle's keeping it under wraps. So I just, to me, when you combine the potential for the big play, the fact that the only way for him to develop is to play, and the fact that he can use his legs all down the field, there's no reason not to start him. I, I think it's absolutely nuts. And I, I believe that decision's already been made though. I mean, yeah, it seems like Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter, just the way he answered the question in the press mm-hmm. conference. Like, oh, I have an idea who it is. He's smiling. He said, Kyle Shanahan's the man. He'll make the decision. Like, that wouldn't be his answer if he thought he wasn't the quarterback. He wouldn't be all like, <laughs> like all happy, <laughs> you know? He would be like more, uh, more robotic, I just think, in, in his answers. So, I do believe they've already made that decision. And what kind of stinks for that then, if you want Trey Lance to come in, I mean, he gets to, Grapple is going against the Lions and he's going against the Eagles, uh, who he should be able to perform pretty good against their defense. And then you, you get kind of harder into the schedule there. Now, if Jimmy Garoppolo comes out and loses against the Lions, I guess you'll be seeing Trey Lance in week two because that would be real bad. Right. But that's the other thing. So so what does that mean? Like we have to see Jimmy Garoppolo throw another interception before we bring in Trey Lance. Like what is the point of sacrificing 
whatever that uh, that drive or that game, you know, like we know who Jimmy Garoppolo is. It's not like, are you really expecting all of a sudden now he's going to put up 35 touchdowns with only like nine picks? Like, of course not. We know who he is. So why then do I have to see him throw away another ball before I bring in Trey Lance? Like hasn't, don't we already know that that's who Jimmy Garoppolo is? Yes, but yeah, I, it, it's a hard decision. It really is. And if I'm the quarterback or if I'm the coach, I'm going with the vet who's gotten me to the Super Bowl. Now, I know the defense was absolutely elite, and that was a big reason why. But the defensives look pretty solid so far through the preseason. No, they haven't had to play really any any real quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes for two passing attempts. Besides that, it's been all Shut the him down. They shut him and down, Michelle. Against the Raiders, I, like Derek Carr likely won't play. Marcus Mariota is dealing with an injury, and he's questionable to play. And I don't know why you would play him in a third preseason game if he's injured. So it's looking like they're not going to have any competition again. But the secondary is looking solid. The run defense is looking really, really good. I, I like what I see there. We need to see more uh, more of a rushing offense out of the running backs, especially if Trey Lance is going to get the start. Like, you need a running back to lean on. So I need to see Trey, uh, Trey Sermon in this game against the Raiders, and I need to see him go off, like off, off. I want him to go crazy. That would make me feel better about this running game because Jermichael Hasty is not it. I, I did not like him. You said you, you were okay with his performance. Okay, so let's do that. Let's take a break quickly, and when we come back, we'll get into what we want to see from the final preseason game, and we still have to do our nuke block, so we got two things to do before we go. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast, before we went to break, Michelle, you said you want to see more out of the 49ers running game. You specifically called out my guy, Jamichael Hasty, <laughs> and I, I kind of like Jamichael Hasty. The thing I like about him is, if the play breaks down, if it's not blocked totally great, I feel like he can make a guy miss and still get something out of the run. Whereas Wayne Gallman is fine, but he doesn't bring that that ability. Oh, yeah. Wayne Gallman, he's going to get stuffed in the back unless he has a hole. And he started getting those bigger holes as the game went on, probably because he was going against worse competition as defenders left the game. So at the beginning, I was like, oh, my goodness, Gallman looks so bad. And then as it went on, he ended up doing OK to get his average up to 4.8 yards per carry. Like he looked OK, but he only was good when he had the holes. Jamichael Hasey is better at getting those tough yards, but 19 carries for 58 yards. Like he just didn't, he, he can maybe make the first guy miss, but he's not breaking too many other tackles than that. Like he, he looks like a backup to me. Uh, not a guy that should be a starter whatsoever. Um, a, a fine backup, but you need Raheem Mostert to be healthy. Apparently yeah. already dealing with back pain, which took himself out. Like, dude, can you just make it through a few weeks without any issues? Nope. It doesn't seem like it. <laughs> I know he already came back to practice, but back pain, what does that even mean? Like, how did you just overcome it like that fast? Is it going to come back? <laughs> of course it is. Cause back injury, that's what they do, right? Like yeah. no one has a back injury and then totally recovers and they're good. Like once you have a yeah. back, it's not getting any better. Yeah, and I, I don't really get the whole back pain thing. Trey Sermon dealt with the ankle injury, right? He's back in practice. Let's. I need to see him play against the Raiders because in week one uh, against the Chiefs, it did not look pretty. And he's been my dude. I've been saying he's good. Uh, he made me look like an idiot in week one. <laughs> so I need him to come out in week three against the Raiders. Terrible defense. Um, 
probably against many backups as well. And I need him just to dominate. And I think he can win this job after what I saw last week. Like Casey and Gallman should not be a starter. Most are we know can't stay healthy. Elijah Mitchell's dealing with uh, a hip injury. So Sermon could take control of this backfield if he comes out and just dominates this week. And one interesting thing I saw was Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator yesterday, actually said of Trey Sermon that they've actually been really encouraged this week with what they've seen from him. And basically he said this week uh, specifically been very encouraged with some of the uh, coaching points that we've been giving them. Um, you know, it's an adjustment for a running back, a ball, any ball carrier um, in the NFL. The speed is just so different and, and the holes are different and you, and you can't stop and start as much. And this week specifically, he, it's been I think his teammates have really noticed it's been he's been very deliberate and, and forceful. And it's, it's been very encouraging this week. So that's nice to hear. And I agree with yeah, you. Yeah. Hopefully he comes out in the Raider game and kills it, because honestly, I think he was drafted to be the starter. I think the 49ers knew. Mostert's not going to be on the team next year because his contract is up. And like you said, he can't stay healthy. Their plan, I think, is for Sermon to take the number one job. So he needs to show that he can do that. I just actually drafted him in my my family draft. We just had it. Uh, our first redraft, my first redraft draft this past week. And I took Trey Sermon late. I believe in him and I, I hope he wins this backfield. And I really do think he would be a huge help to the 49ers to get those tough yards to keep to keep the drives alive and keep the ball moving down the field. But yeah, he has to show more than what he showed in preseason week one. Cause that was not pretty. He was getting taken down far too easily in my, in my, my, my opinion. And I know that, you know, supposedly Kyle Shanahan is famous for shuffling running backs in and out, but I think he's sort of done that out of necessity because Raheem Mostert is always hurt and he's always had to, you know, kind of divvy up the carries between a bunch of guys. Don't forget. He let Alfred Morris lead the league in rushing. In 2012 with Washington, he had over 330 carries and over 1,600 yards. So, like, I don't think he always wants to be rotating guys. I think if he could choose, he would pick to have Sermon as the bell cow and just give him the rock over and over and over again. So, like, from a fantasy perspective, like you were saying, I think if he shows he can do it, He's going to be the bell cow, the more consistent running back for Kyle, as long as he can, one, stay healthy, and two, hit those holes. Yeah. Did they announce yet how like how much Trey Lance will be playing in this third game? So I think that what they said, well, Kyle was kind of noncommittal. What he said was basically he's going to play some of the guys that haven't gotten a lot of time, like Fred Warner and George Kittle. He didn't say how much. Um, I, I'm thinking maybe, like, a quarter, but I honestly don't know for sure how much Lance is going to play. I really would just like to see what happens if Lance goes out there and just lights it up. Like, just perfect game, you know, like making tight window throws, multiple touchdowns, no turnover-worthy plays. Because like you said, if Kyle really is looking for an excuse to start Trey Lance, there it is. I would love to see him, and I want to see him against – you know, the first team defense, even if the, even if the Raiders are sitting some of their starters, I still want to see him out there immediately as the starter. If you know what Jimmy Garoppolo is and he has, he's only had a, a few attempts so far this preseason. So maybe you do want to get him more, uh, more practice out there, but you, you know what he is. You see him in practice. He'll be fine. He's a vet. Start Trey Lance, see what he can do. And then if he has a great, great game, then you have more of a reason to say, okay, Trey Lance is our starter without, you know, media questioning it, without fans questioning it. 
and the Raiders defense is the perfect team to go against <laughs> right. to get to get the young man some more confidence. I mean, he seems like a confident guy in his own, but if he goes out there and kills up, you know, slashes apart this defense, he's going to feel much better about his performance, I'm guessing. And I would feel much better about his performance as well, even if it is against a softer defense. I need to see him out there uh, being more consistent. And I, I want to see those fixes. Like I said, I want to want to see more touch on those shorter passes and if he can practice that then I'm all for him starting if I see those changes I just I, I need to see see some more consistency before I feel good about him starting you know what else I want to see I want to see Brandon Ayuk actually catch the damn ball everybody and their mother is talking about how good Brandon Ayuk's gonna be and when I saw him in the game the most notable thing he's done is been drop the football like maybe you can be good but let's actually see it for a change my dog is very mad at you for hating on Brandon Ayuk. How dare you? No, he, he, yeah, he needs to catch the ball. He he definitely does. That's been an issue so far this preseason. He hasn't done much of anything. I'm not too worried about it yet. But yeah, if we get into the season and he can't catch a ball, like, come on, dude, use those hands a little bit better. Uh, sticking with the wide receivers, Trent Sherfield has looked awesome this preseason, which matches up with the reports coming out of practice that he looks good. So he's, Definitely on the team. I think he's wide receiver three. And then you get into like this Michigas with Jalen Hurd, the, the mystery of Jalen Hurd, who seemingly can't put two practices together. Juwan Jennings, who was this, you know, late, late round pick, but seemingly is coming on. Like, I want to see who gets a lot of run in this game with the wide receivers and who steps forward because somebody has to. There's going to be a need there because you've got Debo, Ayuk, Sherfield locked in. I think Sanu has a place on this team, but then there's a couple, maybe one or two spots open, and I want to see if someone jumps forward on Sunday to take advantage. Yeah, and I, you, so you think Sheerfield will play over Sanu? Yes, I think I think so. I mean, every big play has gone to Sheerfield. Even in practice, he's sort of like a guy that they got for his special teams contributions, and then it turns out, oh, by the way, this guy looks like he can actually play wide receiver. I think he's for sure going to be the the wide receiver three. And while you say that, and maybe that happens, I still would have no desire to take him late in fantasy for people listening. Like, I don't think this team's going to be a, a, you know, a heavy pass volume team. And you know, the top three targets on this team are going to be Kittle and Ayuk and Debo. You know, the fourth target on this team, I don't think is going to be very good for fantasy, not consistent at all. Will he have a couple games where he has you know, catches a big bomb and maybe scores a touchdown for sure. But picking out that game is going to be nearly impossible. So maybe he could be a good DFS play um, here and there if they are going against soft defense that you think he can have a big play. But still no one I'm even looking at later in my drafts. On the other side of the ball, I hope that we get to see Nick Bosa a little bit. I miss Nick Bosa. Like, I just I just want to see him play football again, start to just own people. Um, and I'm thinking of you again because you talked about Jaquiski Tart and the uncertainty at the strong safety position, and he was on the, the pup list. And then all of a sudden, Kyle Shanahan said, yeah, you know, I think Talanoa Hufanga, the guy we drafted in the fifth round, has a chance to start at strong safety. And what happened like the next day, Jaquiski Tart came off the pup list and started practicing again. So I'm interested to see because I think that that Kyle would start Hufanga over him. So he's got to play. And like if he wants to keep his job, he's got to have a good game. 
the secondary does scare me a little bit. Like I said, it has looked good this preseason, but they've been playing against backup quarterbacks and there's been a little bit too many personal falls for my liking. Like they're, they're hauling a little bit too much uh, pass interference. So I do think that's going to be a rough part of this defense as the season goes on and the depth scares me a little bit, but with Nick Bosa coming back, if he can get pressure on the quarterback and he helps everyone else get more pressure on the quarterback, that might not matter all too much. Oh, it's, I just can't wait to see it. Like George Kittle has been talking him up every single week and like, I think people forget how good he was. He had something like 90 pressures as a rookie, which was just incredible. And I think that there's a chance that that's the worst version of Nick Bosa that we see. He could he, he could be even better this year. He's got like 3% body fat or some insane number like that. I, I, would, I just want to see. Give me something to watch in this preseason game. Let me see Nick Bosa, damn it. Yeah, I think he has a chance to lead the, to lead the league in sacks. You know, right after TJ Watt and Aaron Donald, like I would like to see him be that next guy up, maybe after even Miles Garrett. Like that's a that's a little a high ceiling to try to beat there. But I do think he should be a top five guy in this league in sacks and in pressures. And if he can do that, that will help this whole defense be better, uh, be able to cover the wide receivers because they won't have to do it as long. And I think that's so necessary for this team to get to the playoffs. I said four the 49ers to be a legitimate playoff contender or get deep into the playoffs. Nick Bosa doesn't just have to be good. He has to be a superstar, like one of the best defenders in the league. And I do think that is an option this year. Like as long as he's healthy, he should take that next step forward. I'm looking right now at the draft King odds for defensive player of the year. Nick Bosa is plus 1600. That's a really good wow. number. Like I might be willing to plunk down a hundred bucks on Nick Bosa to win defensive player of the year. Um, Aaron Donald's at plus 500 miles. Garrett's at plus 500. TJ Watt is plus 800. I think Bosa's got just yep. as good a chance as any of those guys. They're just going to give it to Aaron Donald anyways. I mean, I had money <laughs> down on TJ Watt last year and the, the fact that he did not win is the most ridiculous thing ever. So yeah, good luck. I mean, there, TJ Watt should have a hundred percent been the defensive player of the year last year. Aaron Donald just pretty much has to stand out there and he's going to win it. So I don't know if it's worth even risking it with Nick Bosa, but no, mm. those are, those are amazing odds. Comeback player of the year. Bosa might not. Well, you know what? Dak Prescott's plus two ten. And by the way, yeah, uh, he's winning it. Yeah, I agree. You pretty you much already called that. I agree, as long as he doesn't fall flat on his face. By the way, plus 210, if you don't know, that means you bet $100 and you win $210. So that's how that works. Bosa is plus 1,000 to be comeback player of the year. Not bad. Not bad, but I do think he is a... I guess if he wins defensive player of the year, how do you not give him comeback player of the year as well? But, you know, if he wins one award, they might just give it to Dak. Quarterbacks always win those awards. Yeah, it's going to be hard for anybody, but especially because people like Dak, you know, like especially yeah. the media likes Dak. That's a huge part of this is the whole narrative. Bosa, people seem to like Bosa, but not like Dak. I mean, Dak is like, you know, he's the Dallas Cowboy quarterback. He's the chosen one. So I don't know. I, I might have to plunk down a money on Bosa somewhere, though. He's too good. He, he's too damn good not to put money on. I like the 1600, I think. I think that's where I'm going to go. I like those odds. I like those odds a lot. I'm fine with that. And I'm just kidding about Aaron Donald. I know how amazing he is. And he, 
he also deserved to win. I'm just very bitter about my boy TJ Watt. And, you know, Aaron Donald has won enough awards. It was TJ Watt's turn. And they mm. All right, let's get to the nuke block of the week. Sony Michelle gets traded to the Rams and everyone's like, oh, he's going to be the starter. Sucks if you have Daryl Henderson on your fantasy team. Like, <laughs> no, he's not. Sony Michelle will play the Malcolm Brown role, I think. And Daryl Henderson's going to, I just think he's unaffected by this trade. He was never, he's not a 300 touch kind of running back. Daryl Henderson was never going to stay alive if they thought he was going to be that. Uh, he he gets banged up often. So I do think Sony Michelle coming to the Rams, it's a good move for the team because it'll keep Daryl Henderson more fresh, but Henderson's far more elusive, far more of a playmaker. I think he's a better pass catcher. And I, I do think he's still going to get at least half of the touchdowns, the rushing touchdowns on this team. Sony Michelle might steal some of those rushing touchdowns, might steal some of the short yardage work. But I mean, Michelle hasn't been too fantastic as of late. He is dealing with his own injuries, has that bad knee. Uh, so they basically just got another, you know, Georgia running back with a bad knee. So that's a little rough. And, you know, he had one good game last year. It was against the Raiders, 117 rushing yards. Like, good for Sony Michelle to beat up on the Raiders, but every single running back did that. <laughs> so, you know, that doesn't impress me a whole lot. It was a lot easier to run um, on the Patriots last year with Cam Newton being there because teams didn't know whether to, you know, go tackle Cam Newton. Does he have the ball or is it the running back? So it was much easier for the running backs last year he's not going to be able to do that this year with Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford's a great quarterback, but he has no rushing upside. So we saw in 2019 when they didn't have Cam Newton, he only averaged 3.7 yards per attempt. We saw him struggle. Like I don't think Sony Michelle's a, a great running back. I do think Daryl Henderson is a very, very good overall running back. So I'm still drafting Daryl Henderson. If it makes him cheaper in drafts, I'm all for it. Uh, but no, I'm not scared about Sony Michelle at all. First of all, I'm super pissed because you stole my line I was going to use about the Rams loving Georgia running backs with bad knees. <laughs> so I'm mad at you for that. Uh, and Daryl Henderson was supposed to be the guy that was taking over for Todd Gurley. Like that was originally the plan for him. I remember he was like the, the guy that was getting hyped up when he first came out as the guy that was going to be the bell cow guy there for the Rams. So I agree. I don't. Michelle is nothing special to me. Um, my nuke block of the week, the opinion or the narrative that I just want to get out of my life altogether is the thought of Taysom Hill as anything more than a gadget player. It came out this morning. Jameis Winston has won that competition. Shocker. Congratulations, Jameis. <laughs> like, can we stop now calling Taysom Hill like this ultimate football player? He's just not. He can run really fast. He can break some tackles. That's great. And he has an arm that's better than some other position players, but let's not make him out to be more than he is. Um, from a fantasy perspective, where do you put Jameis Winston? Because, yeah, he can make some interceptions, but he can sling it a little bit too. Don't forget, Jameis Winston had the eighth most passing yards in a single season in NFL history in 2019. So he can sling it a little bit. Where's Jameis from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, and he was really solid in fantasy in 2019. Uh, but that's when he had Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and OJ Howard. Like he had a, a bunch of playmakers. Now you're you're looking at Mark Quid's Callaway and not all else like Traquan Smith. Not someone I, I want to bet on. Adam Troutman is even hurt, and you know he was 
just a glory play anyways, if you thought he was going to break out as the tight end there. So you're looking at completely different wide receivers he's throwing to. I know Callaway looked amazing in this last preseason game and mm-hmm. happy to take him late in my fantasy drafts for sure because he should be the wide receiver one here. He's going to have to use Alvin Kamara a ton. So it's going to be shorter passes, but Kamara can do a ton with the ball. So he might be able to get a lot of yards after catch out of him. You know, I, I'm not going to take Winston until very, very late in my draft if I'm going to take him at all. If I'm in a 12-team league, he's probably not going to be drafted, right? If everyone's just taking one quarterback, he's not going to be in my top 12 quarterbacks. But if I'm in a league where everyone takes a backup, then yeah, I'd be happy with Winston as my backup. But I'd still much rather take a shot on a guy like Trey Lance late in my drafts, take another quarterback, but have Trey Lance on my bench, then I would rather have Jameis Winston on my bench. You know, if Michael Thomas was playing, uh, if we knew when he was going to come back and if he was going to be back by week five, I would feel better about Winston. But until he gets a real wide receiver one to pass to, I don't know how consistent he'll be for fantasy. So that's interesting. You're not scared off of Jameis because of the potential for interceptions. You're scared off because you don't think he's got the weapons around him. Yeah, and I, I think he'll have some nice games. It's just going to be really hard to be successful once they're, you know, all of the de- defenders are out there. Um, if they're just focusing on stopping Callaway. And then, you know, I I don't trust any of the other playmakers there besides Kamara. I don't think it's going to be too easy for Winston. It was much, much easier the last time he was a starter. He had two of the best wide receivers in the NFL working with him. And now it's just a bunch of guys that would be backups anywhere else. And yet somehow the people think the Saints are still going to be a playoff team. I don't see it. But anyway. So thank you for that little Jameis Winston fantasy analysis. I do want to say, because I always kill Jameis, so I want to be fair to him. He has had zero turnover-worthy plays this preseason, which I think is a big deal for him because the guy wants through 30 picks in his season. So, you know, good for – look, I hope he plays well. I want everybody to play well. I think it's more fun as fans. It's better for us if everyone's playing well. Uh, I don't want to see him throw, you know, 30 picks in a season again. So good luck, Jameis. Hopefully you take it and run with it. Yeah, I think Sean Payton will make sure to put Jameis Winston in good spots. Like, I don't think Winston will throw, you know, a a crazy amount of interceptions this year, maybe like 12, 13, but that would be really low for him. And I do think he's going to look much better. Like my analysis on him as a fantasy quarterback doesn't mean I don't think he's going to be a pretty solid NFL quarterback this year. It's just he doesn't have the rushing upside, which I want out of my fantasy quarterbacks. And he doesn't have the talent around him to make me feel uh, safe that he'll be consistent from week to week. That's all. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Diggers podcast. If you haven't done it already, please rate, review, subscribe to the Niners Nation podcast network. And don't forget, after the game, after every single game, we're going to be doing a live instant reaction show on the Niners Nation YouTube page. So you definitely want to check that out. If you can't, that's okay, too, because we will have that in podcast form for you. That'll be there up late. Sunday. Well, actually not as late as usual because they're playing it at uh, 1 p.m. Pacific, but it'll be up for you on Sunday. So it'll be there uh, nice and early for you if you can't get to it till Monday. But we hope you join us. We'd like to take your questions, your comments, everything. It's kind of like a informal show as opposed to what we do here. So please join us for that. Michelle, I hope you get settled in the new digs and the new place. Keep unpacking the alcohol and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all.